gentlemen you are good time with a good time buds i'm austin and i'm kevin welcome to the show let's go back in the old saddle it's good to be back we've made a lot of promises about being back and also we've actually made the speech (laughs) 40 times about being back but much like texas football this year we're We're back, back baby we're back in a big way we're back in a big way and uh we're excited to be back uh we are still working on getting proper Recording equipment, but uh, once again, you guys will recall that Kevin and I are just two fucking guys living in a house with not a lot of money. Dumb as hell. But, uh, well, there's that. It doesn't help. But we are, we're going to get better recording equipment, so keep an ear out for that. Defcon 5. It's a callback. If anybody's curious, so this this song is called Stay Tuned. (coughs) It's by the band Treaty Oak Revival. And uh, those of you who know who Dalton Domino is, uh, ah, yes. he just put out a uh, playlist on Spotify called Banger Music, I think. And uh, this was a song on it. There's a few songs. You guys got to check that playlist out. But um, I was listening to it the other day, and it's like, holy shit, this song is fantastic. <clears throat> but the point is, it's good to be back. Kevin and I make a uh, commitment to you guys, which is, if you look through our last few episodes, they've all been titled, We're Back, period. We're back, exclamation point. We're back for good, exclamation point. We're back, question mark. They've been all titled pretty much the same because we've been kind of, we've been neglecting our duties. We've been, uh... We've been busy, but we've been neglecting our uh, responsibilities as good podcast hosts to be putting out consistent <coughs> stuff that we can all uh, talk about. So uh, that's share what, with your family. Just share with your family for sure. So that's what this is about. This is a reintroduction to the Good Time and Buds. We are back. We actually have full episodes with commercials written. One. Well, we have one. But but we'll get to that. But for now, we're gonna be. Consistently putting out stuff on Wednesday nights. So keep your ears out. Next Wednesday via Zoom or Skype. But let's Austin's uh, going to the big city. That's right. Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. But let's get into it. What do you guys think about uh, and I by say why when I say you guys, I mean Kevin, but I also want to hear your guys' opinion. Lauren Bobert. Love it. So here's the thing. Like, have you seen the security? Okay, for those of you who don't know, and all of you should know, Lauren Boebert is in the Congress or the Senate or some shit, and uh, she's kind of hot, but uh, she was caught with some Democrat, like other senator or some donator to the Democrat Party, and she was caught giving him an OTPHJ, an over-the-pants handjob, while he was just fucking grabbing her Breasts. Breasts, while she was also just vaping at a musical of uh, Beetlejuice. And hot. when they uh, hot, hot. And when they finally busted her, her line was, "Do you know who I am?" Which always a hit. Anybody who's busting you on anything, if you hit them with a, "Do you, you know, know who, who I am? am?" 
People are gonna like that. Shoot him a gap so, and use that to try to get out of a DUI one time. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be super honest. Didn't work. It, it didn't work. It didn't work, but like between just us gals, there's I don't know, there's something kinda hot about like a pretty attractive person who's in politics who like their job is to be kind of upstanding and like official. She and doesn't do a great job of that. No, she doesn't. She's right on the lines of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Nevertheless, <coughs> nevertheless, their job is to sort of be professional and buttoned up and all of that. And so when one of them cuts loose and it cuts loose in a big way, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't give a shit what they're up to. Like, honestly, everybody who's a politician, like, I assume that they're all doing shady shit. And I assume that they're all pieces of shit. However, because of the fact that they're sort of required to be sort of buttoned up. They hide everything. When they do kind of like bust out and do some weird stuff, I think that's kind of hot. There's She's a, got glasses. Like, I, that's a good look. There's a pretty hot Democratic lady who just got a bunch of shit for, like from her OnlyFans released. So yeah, that she had with her husband, right? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Not That's the thing about this show. We I don't bring do. a lot of facts. No, we bring but, a lot of opinions. But here's the thing. If you pay attention to anything, you're going to know who we're talking about. Yeah. And we don't need to know their names. No. It would probably help. It would probably make the show better. It pro- but, yeah, but look. Nevertheless. We're I, not here for the facts it and wasn't, the science. But it wasn't even just like an OnlyFans thing. It was Chatterbait. Like a cam model? Like cam model? Yeah, like Chatterbait, like the cheapest thing that you can sort of sign up for and just like... Okay. Participate. Well, she's budgeting. That's smart. And like, put her in charge of the economy. She God bless her. Budget. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Is like smart spending. She obviously knows that money's important, and she knows how to earn it. And so she's not just going to squander it because she knows how much it took to put in that work to earn it. Exactly. So honestly, if you put her over Janet Yellen, have you listened to Janet Janet Yellen talk? I've listened to Janet. Speaking? Speaking, yeah. <laughs> Janet Whispering. No, so Janet Yellen is oh, our Treasury throat, Secretary, right? Throat, yep. Yeah. And she's got like, it's not a Boston, it's not Boston, but she's got this, no, it's not. It'd be Boston? way, it'd be way Boston? funnier. It'd be way funnier if she had a Boston accent, but she's got a. Uh, is it like New Hampshire? I don't it know is New maybe Hampshire. New Hampshire. It's somewhere East Coast for sure. And. She sounds like a retard. Well, good. She's, but that's that's who you want in charge there. Like listening to her talk about the economy, and <laughs> the economy is okay. Maybe Boston. I maybe I slipped a little bit into Boston. We're just gonna assume that it's Boston, but just know that it's not. But as, <laughs> but as soon as she talks about the fact that it's the economy, and Joe Biden is providing for the American people, this is a bad. Is a bad example. We're you not, listen to her talk, you go, that woman should not be in charge of money. Well, and I'm not saying that any woman shouldn't be in charge of money, but she shouldn't. But that's, unfortunately, that's kind of the same thing when you hear like a real Southern drawl. It's like, I don't want that person in charge. But if you got a slight Texas drawl like George W., now you're doing all right. You got this kind of Savannah accent. It's kind of like molasses just kind of spilling out <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing is there was a dude, I don't remember his name. He used to be on the TV show Survivor. And he was one of the best contestants that they had. Rupert. Be- no, Rupert was not Southern. 
Well, I just was but naming the best contestants that they had. I like that you mentioned him. That's a sweet pull. But the season I watched. for the Survivor fans out there, that's a sweet pull. But um, he had like a Jeff little, Probst. He had like a no. Jeff Probst speaks like an American, which yeah, is to say, damn right he does. Pacific Northwestern, <laughs> anywhere on the West Coast, that's what he speaks like, and that's the smartest people in this country. Um, I'm gonna say on all the West Coast. <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless. I'm a little biased because we're from Oregon. uh, Not politically speaking, of course. Jeff Probst. No, not Jeff Probst. This guy guy. was Southern. No, no, no. That's Boston Rob. You're thinking of Boston. (laughs) Hey, he was the same season as Rupert. He also came back, I think, in uh, Heroes and Villains or some special episode that they didn't have. But there was like a Southern dude who was like really good at Survivor. He got the whole (coughs) Alliance thing. He knew kind of how the whole system worked. Like, how do you build a team? How do you build people that won't fuck you over? Blah, blah, blah. But his sort of golden ticket was the fact that he didn't sound smart. Like, he had a Southern accent that made him sound less intelligent. But if you actually listen to the words that he was saying and the strategy that he, the strategy that he was laying out. Love him. Yeah. It's like, this is actually like a perfect move. Is if you purposefully sort of seem, and maybe it wasn't purposeful, might have just been a bad accent. But like, if you purposefully kind of play yourself as unintelligent, but you make nothing but intelligent moves because you're assuming that people see you that way, you're going to dominate. You're going to dominate. Exactly. And that's why I'm advocating for Donald Trump 2024. <laughs> <laughs> when people say strategery, yeah, do they just mean strategy? Like, what? Why? Yeah. Are, and then I'm pretty sure it's a George W. Bush thing. Okay. And then they'll say, people say, like, when you're watching football, they'll say trickeration or tricker. Yeah, trickeration. I've not heard trickery. That's not a word. They'll be like, Whoa, no, it's the, not a word. They'll be like, look at the trickeration on that play when you're on a trick play. And it's like, that's not a word. But it's become. I mean, I kind of like it. Popular. But I'm pretty sure that George W. Bush said strategy. Strategy. I think that does sound right. Yeah. God, what a better time. We actually just passed 9 11. Yeah. You want to talk about strategery. Just four <laughs> different planes. Flew right Have you ever gotten on a plane you can barely remember your seat? I mean, <laughs> honestly, those guys thought about all of it. Strategery. Uh, strategery. But uh, we did pass it. And yeah. one of the things that I, like, I don't know. I never forget. I, I never I, forgot. I remember <laughs> I remembered very well. Even the nice city blacks out. Because hashtag you never forget. Never forget. But... I don't know. There's something like wildly compelling about that picture of one of George W. Bush's like Secret Service or whoever it is. Telling they him. they captured the moment where they told him that the planes hit the building. There's something fascinating about that photo because like I don't know. It's a weird thing about they say that the eyes are the window to the soul. There is something interesting though about when you actually see a picture or you know the context, where you can actually see it in their eyes, even though their eyes just look like their eyes. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you can actually see it in their the, eyes. You can see the 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 gears grinding. The, yeah. The depth of the situation. Just yeah. By his eyes, but he's just like, uh, fuck. It's I don't know. It's insane. <coughs> like remember when he threw out the first pitch though with that fucking baseball God, nobody's game. Nobody's thrown a better first pitch than George God, W. What Bush. What a fucking strike. Yeah, we got no fifty cent here. I mean, he did it exactly like a guy who would be a fraternity brother, which he was. 
I want to. Just... Yeah, but could you imagine any of the last four presidents throwing out the first pitch of the game? Maybe I could, Obama can throw. A that's baseball. what I was gonna say. I could see Obama kind of doing it, but I I could also see him fucking it up because yeah. like he probably throws like a girl. He yeah, he's still. He's not a sports guy. He's not. Yeah, he's. He he's, can act like a sports guy. He's yeah. not a sports guy. Like you hear the way he talks, way too eloquent for like a sports guy. Yeah. Like, you listen to George W. Bush talk, you go, "That guy has watched some LSU football." Yeah, that guy's a football guy. Yeah. He's always grinning and talking about drinking. Well, you beer. know, I've talked about it before. Like George W. Bush is the Brett Favre of, of presidents. Yes, easily. And let me tell you, that's a I love Brett Favre. That is a linear comparison. Yeah. Like, no, that is straight across. They're the board. both Wranglers guys. Oh, they're real, real comfortable jeans. Yeah, both of those guys, Wranglers. No, I so for the longest time, my sister has the background on her phone. Was a young picture of George W. Bush, as it either should be. pheasant or duck hunting. Nice. And let me tell you, him in like a sweet vest, like with a twelve gauge. I got kind of a crush on him. Not like you go. Jamie that is a guy. That should be. That's running our, our kind country. of guy. That's that's a guy that should be running our country. Yeah. <sighs> Balance the budget, for God's sake. Do you think that guy when he was duck hunting was like, oh, well, maybe because he's a Bush, but you think he's like, I'm gonna be president one day. Well, was that before or after he shot Dick Cheney in the face? Dude, that was not. That was after he was already president. Yeah, that was allegedly so it was somebody a wash. else. But we all know it wasn't. Dick Cheney. Dude, I remember one time. Dick Cheney doesn't have a pulse. I remember. I know. He's like Darth Vader. Yeah, I remember one time going duck hunting with my dad. And it was us and our Uncle Brian and Uncle Dolph and Hayden. And... There's a certain point where you've got these ducks that just kind of hang out in the shallows and you can kind of go out, not at, not after shooting hours, but after the ducks in the air have sort of quit flying. And these ones just kind of hang out and you could just kind of point your shotgun towards the water and shoot it and you're going to knock a couple down and that's fine. It's totally legal. But they kind of scatter, obviously, as you shoot. And I shot one that skimmed the water and hit Uncle Brian right under the eye. And it was pretty clearly my fault. I did not feel good about it. How could you? I could, Well, because I, like, I consider myself as someone with good trigger discipline, good gun safety. Yeah. But yet, when birds start flying, start shooting. And so did our former president. And who's to say that either of us are different morally? <laughs> Wasn't George Bush that shot him in the face? Huh? It wasn't actually George Bush that shot him. George W. Bush. Good point. <laughs> You're thinking of uh, Herschel Walker. <laughs> Ray Lewis shot a guy. So I don't know the details. I don't know the details on that. I just know he allegedly killed two people or just one. I think just one, but who knows? What's the details on it, though? I've. Uh, it's either him or Marvin Harrison owned a restaurant and. I assume probably drugs run wild. I don't know. But he killed... Marvin Harrison was involved. Marvin Harrison killed the guy in the back alley of his restaurant or Ray Lewis killed the guy in the back alley of his restaurant. I don't know how the other one allegedly killed somebody. But Ray Lewis, like, I'm pretty sure was, like, in the prime of his career. Like, it was during his NFL time. I don't know when Marvin Harrison was. It could have been after. Is Marvin Harrison number 88? 
<coughs> Where's the 80? Yeah, yeah, I think he was 80. But Okay, I think he was 80. Too. He always just he had like the crispy mustache and yeah. just like never I never I don't think I've ever heard him talk. He was like when I heard Until that he started. When I heard that he killed somebody, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'd not even heard that, so Yeah. And you play with Peyton Manning. True. And you got guys like fucking Aaron. That makes Manning. me all of a sudden reconsider he might have been eighty eight. When I think of him in a Colts jersey, it feels 88. Yeah, dude, I can't remember. But it was him and Reggie Wayne. And Reggie Wayne was 87. It could have been 87 and 88. Is Reggie Wayne a tight end? No, he was like, I guess he was the number two receiver, but he was kind of like a slot receiver, I think. Okay. But with Peyton Manning, they were good. They always lost to Tom Brady, though. Well. It was just a little bit better. And honestly, all this is getting me away from the point where I want to talk about Lauren Bobert. Oh, dude. So the guy that she was on the date kind of hot owns like uh, a bar where they do drag shows. drag show, yeah, yeah, transgender drag shows or something. But I think just... I think transgender drag show is redundant. Don't you think? Probably. Probably. I don't know what trans. I don't know because I feel like transgender to me pretty much covers. Everything gay. Everything. I'll be honest. I saw a picture of Dylan Mulvaney earlier today. Honestly, looks quite a bit like a chick. Now, granted, already had all feminine features yeah. before he transitioned. Yeah. But like, I went. Yeah, I kind of believe that. Yeah. Well, the lady on, I think you should leave. Very convincing as a woman. Oh, no shit. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen. She's very convincing. You guys have probably seen I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robbins. This is Coffin Flop. This is... Uh, Corn Cob TV. Corn Cob TV. Oh, what's the name of the dude in the uh, skit with uh, Carlos Denunzio or whatever his name is? <laughs> Carl Havoc. Carl Havoc. Carl Havoc. This is that show. And they've got... A chicken there. It's the one who talks about her tables. Yeah. I don't want to hear shit about the tables. <laughs> where she calls him a fucking pig and it's a whole thing about tables. <laughs> so I looked her up and it turns out that's a dude. Like that is a transgender. Hold on. Woman. It's a transgender woman, which means it used to be a man. It. Well, she, you don't have to focus on <laughs> the fact that I said that. The point is. That's great. I could get on board with that. Like, as far as I could tell, if I hadn't been told that, that's a chick. She looks like a chick, acts like a chick, yeah, irrational. But, like, <laughs> I, until I read that on the internet where everything's true, I definitely thought that that was legitimately a, woman. a female. Yeah, even when you know, it's, it's you, like, try to see it and you can't really. No, no, because we've known for months now. Thought about it for but, even longer, but like <laughs> but, when you, when you look at it, you go, "I honestly can't tell." And my opinion on that is that's great because kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Well, that's only because you've got a boner. Well, yeah, but, they could be walking among us, and now I'm true. Now what do I do? What do I do with that information? You find that out Just night of. Fuck it, dude. You, you find, find that, that out night of. But when I see that, I go, "That's great." Like that. 
that's convincing. You obviously went through a bunch of effort to make this thing happen. Because well, that's how you, you feel on the inside. What happens when you see Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> well, she's a beautiful woman. Why don't you shut your mouth? How about that? Um, I hope your daughters look like her. Oh, you better not even <laughs> put that curse on my daughters. But when it comes... Well, Caitlyn Jenner's a little too... I mean, honestly... They don't have to look like Caitlyn Jenner, but if they can do any sports <laughs> like Caitlyn Jenner, I would be proud. I would be a proud father because that is a decathlete. Yeah. Worth talking. Well, that's well, what's so crazy. Well, Caitlyn's not. Caitlyn pretty much accomplished nothing. Yeah, I mean, Caitlyn killed Bruce, a few people, Bruce, like ran people over. Bruce won some stuff. But that's the thing. It's like you take from that genetic line. Yeah. It's like these chicks are going to win some fucking medals. Decathlete? That is 10 different things that over the gestalt of it all, <laughs> he slash she was the best he at He was the best. For a she white. Was, she was never the for best. For a white. She was Kevin, never the best at it. For a white. So, <laughs> that's, so that's really good. Yeah. So like if my kids happen to have that, that would mean I had to have sex with whatever you call her, it, him. Like that's a thing. It's like that's a flip side. It's like would you trade that for kids with championship potential? Yeah, yeah. Would you? Yeah, but not. She can't have kids. <laughs> Would you really though? She can't have kids. So okay, not let's her. Well, but... yeah, not between you two. Right. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. That's a real tough situation because she's not getting or the kid's not getting any of her DNA, which is not going to hurt their athletic potential. But like, you're not going to feel it the same. But, yeah, I don't even like them. <sighs> Man, what do you do? What's a growl to do? <laughs> The important part is we've revamped the good time and buds. And by revamped, I mean we haven't changed a thing. We're just back with a vengeance. With a vengeance and a score to settle. Score to settle. Like, there's been a lot of talk about how people are coming after our crown because we've been putting it out there as number one. And the fact that we took a break meant let people think that they could usurp that. Yeah. No. And let me be the first to tell you, no, you cannot. We're coming back for the top we are, spot, baby. Yeah, we're... We don't even have to come back for the top spot. We're already there. We held it, despite not doing anything pretty much for the last two years. Top dog, top gun. But you got to take a sleazy. But. And I'm out. My point is, I saw a picture of Dylan Mulvaney. Legitimately look like a chick. So, uh. Hold on. Enough to where I stopped and went, oh, oh, no. So, not, a, not enough to, like, really have, like, a reaction. So but he, enough to go, I saw blonde hair. So is he back on the Bud Light? Like, should we put him back on the Bud Lights? I mean, that's fine. Bud Light has already shot themselves in the foot by just being... The worst beer? Well, by talking shit about frat guys. Everybody now, I know this is not going to affect you, but, Kevin, you realize... you talk shit about frat Kevin, guys. Kevin, you realize you basically lived in a fraternity just with five guys. Yes, I agree, but everybody talks guys. shit about fraternities. Probably not the best for a beer company to do that, because fraternities... Oh, uh, you know who doesn't do that? The top of every company, because they were all in fraternities. You think about that? Yeah, they're all in fraternities. They're destroying our country. Uh, No, they're not. They're restoring our country. Yeah. CEOs and everybody from a frat is restoring our country. That's why things are going so good. Things are going poorly because Joe Biden 
probably he was, was in practically a fraternity. dead. Probably was in a fraternity. He was practically dead. <laughs> probably in a fraternity. You know what? Here's the thing: is I don't think he was, and I think that is the problem. I'm gonna look it up. Joe Biden was definitely not in a fraternity. <coughs> Joe Biden is into politics. He was probably the president. Of the See, fraternity. I know that it seems like he would be, but that's the problem with posers. What posers are the most dangerous of all? Like you could be in a fraternity, run a good company. Joe Biden's never run a company. He's been in fucking dumbass politics for fucking fifty years. If he was in a fraternity, maybe he would have learned to have been taken down a peg once in a while. When you're a fraternity, you get hate. When you're a fraternity, you get, like, the guys who you respect let you know that you're a giant pile of shit. You know who never told Joe Biden that? Anybody. And that's why he thinks that his shit don't stink. But guess what? It does stink. <laughs> you know what? Stinks like shit. Yeah. And that's the problem, is nobody took him down a peg. If he was in a fraternity, he would be a good George W. Bush. <laughs> Not accurate. Not accurate. A good George All you w. Bush. need for that is a good friend group, and some of us just find them organically. I know, but you some of us pay for yeah, them. Yeah, but you were basically in a frat, and you won't admit it. I admit that I was basically in a frat, but I wasn't in a frat. I just lived with my friends that I already liked, that I already had, that I already knew. Close enough to being in a frat. I didn't have to pay for my friends. You did that. I didn't pay for my friends. You paid for my they friends. They paid to be my friends. You paid for my friends, though. Russ, Patty. Yeah. Fergani. Well, for the record, Russ and I were friends before we were in the fraternity. But I wasn't. But you... So, you okay, so you friends. pay... So here's the thing. You don't pay for your friends. You pay to be a part of an organization that cares about certain values. And then other people who also care about those values become part... Of this organization. What exactly are those values? Uh, did you partying, mean to, Did you mean to, uh, being did you cool mean to say, and knowing how to talk to chicks? Did you mean to say volumes? No. Well, <laughs> hold on. No. You pay to be a part of a thing that is important. <laughs> things that are important. I don't disagree. Fraternities are fun, but I feel like you could just do that with your friends. It allows no room for growth, though, right? I mean, I like that It you allows guys, for no room for growth. I like that you like, guys I are, love like, our friends. elitist and, like, think I, you're better than everybody. Because you had an organization. Kevin, you know that I love our friends. Obviously. We've got a ceiling. In terms of who we talk to? Absolutely. <coughs> this is joining a giant group of our kind of friends that know a shitload of different people and girls. Like, it's a good... You sound like such a fucking idiot. It's a good system. It's a system... <laughs> Dude, they it's know... It's a system... They know chicks. It's a system they that works. They can introduce us to chicks, Oregon bro. State started in 1868. You know when Delta Upsilon started? 1834. Go ahead and take a drink satisfactorily here. Let me also sniff satisfactorily. How does that... Is that when Oregon State changed their name to Oregon State University, or is that when the school started? No, or uh, Delta Upsilon was long was around before Oregon State. The name or the or the organization. The organization. So what were they? A fraternity of not education, just a fraternity. Uh, just of not men. Oregon State Beavers yet. Just they're just a fraternity of men. That, okay, Kevin, I think you are actually underestimating the importance of a fraternity of men. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just asking if that's what they were. Yeah. I love the idea of an independent fraternity of yeah. men. Like the just Legion. a bunch of guys in a circle drinking beer. Yeah. You got a problem with that? No. No, you don't. So, 
But 18, I did. Eighteen thirty-four. Dakai Upatheka. It was a bunch of. That's Greek, everybody. It's a bunch of guys standing around, <laughs> making decisions for the future of this country. You tell me you don't want to be a part of that. For the future of this country. Yeah, no, granted, we were non-secret fraternity. For the record, we were the first non-secret fraternity. <laughs> so, like, trailblazers. Also, <laughs> Out and proud, I don't baby. fully agree with it. I think some things should be secret. So, like, like there's already an intellectual issue there. But the important <laughs> what part... Is, what does that mean that we're not a secret fraternity? We don't hide our hazing practices. Allegedly. <laughs> We don't hide our initiation okay, thing. So, Families yeah. are invited to come to the initiation of fraternity brothers. Even when they were a fraternity of men? Yeah, but, chicks are allowed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, no. Kevin, let me tell you. Chicks are allowed to D. <laughs> yeah, no, I get, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You're hoping that these bros can introduce you to some chicks. Afraid so. Mostly <laughs> their moms. But. That reminds me of one weekend. <laughs> no, okay, no, but. I'm not going to bring it up. But. <laughs> It's not okay. It's not. It was great. There was yeah. this one woman. She was a mom. She was British. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. But so when they were a fraternity not associated with the college, they were just a fraternity of men. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call it. Yeah, they were not a secret fraternity. While there were no, that's been our other, principle since the beginning. But there were other secret fraternities. Most fraternities are secret. See, I'm with you on that. They should have been secret. Yeah, Sigma Chi is... It allows for more debauchery. But that's yeah. also a problem with fraternities. See, that's there's the a thing. lot of debauchery. It's, see, but there's that's the thing. There's a lot of debauchery. That is good PR. That is good damage control. Yes. It's be like, hey, we're not in secret. We will tell you guys anything you want to know. Yeah. Other than we're not willing to tell you. But like... <laughs> yeah. But like legitimately, that's like, hey, we're open book. So we're not. Except for the parts where we're not. But like, yeah. we're an open book. Like, Dukai, you think it, baby. So, <laughs> Kevin, the only difference between you being in a house with your friends and me being in a house with my friends is my friend group is bigger because I'm also in a house with your friends. I also was in a house with your friends. Because of me. Yeah, great. I already established that stuff <laughs> with all those retards. Like, that was already, that was already established. So... The only the the important part is that you should join a for if you're gonna go to a four year college, it's going to do nothing for you. However, you could join a fraternity, and if you ask most presidents that we've ever had, fraternity men. You think fraternities are still cool? Um, I do, especially because now people are so against it. They actually might be twice as cool. <laughs> I've seen pictures of the guys who restarted DU because it got shut down. And let me tell you, those guys look like they're dorks. However, that's how it always starts. That's how it always starts. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Here's, here's how it works. You get six guys who are dorks and they recruit seven guys. Seven guys recruit recruit 14 guys out of that those 14 guys there's one cool guy and the one cool guy just has a natural ability to start recruiting other cool guys that's exactly what happened when russ and i showed up they said <laughs> we see some cool guys and we're gonna recruit them and then three years later we started focusing on academics guess what fucking sucked and then guess what eventually shut down because of it yeah because they switched their focus to academics because they switched their focus to academics Okay, academics don't throw sweet parties like the Chad off. 
They don't throw a sweet. They don't. They hardly go to Shasta if they're lucky. <laughs> Dude, it is so frustrating because like I could walk into that house again and be like, "Hey, it was a brother. I'm up on the fucking wall." I don't want to associate with these fucking teeth whitening. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I that's think, what I'm saying. I don't think frats are cool. Anymore. But that's the thing. Is it starts with those guys, no one does and then it. they recruit in fourteen every... guys. One out of fourteen is good. Again, we start in eighteen thirty four. You start out with a bunch of dorks, <laughs> but eventually you acquire a couple cool guys. You remember Jay Brouch? <laughs> Do you remember Jay Brouch? Jay Brouch got stabbed three times. Now, granted, not cool because he got stabbed. Cool because he's got enough haters to stab him. And then number two. When he went to Shasta that year. Now, this was Shasta 2011. This is my first year at Shasta. He got stabbed in 2011. And he bought his own houseboat. And when he got there, he put up a big banner of him. Picture of him in the hospital bed with bleeding letters that said, Stabbed three times. Now, granted, this was the year of Carly Ray Jepsen. Stabbed three times. You're going to go to Shasta? Hold on. Maybe this doesn't have anything to do with Carly Ray Jepsen. He said stabbed three times. YOLO. It's the same year as YOLO. <laughs> the point is, it was all bleeding letters. Stabbed three times. Hashtag YOLO. You only live once. The reason I bring up Carly Ray Jepsen is because that was the song of the year. No, it wasn't. Oh. JP. It was the song. Can I get five of, seconds to call me, maybe? It was the song of Shasta that year, maybe. Well, uh, but, Kevin, oh, don't act like that was not the song of the year. No, dude. Florida Georgia Line was pumping out their gold in 2011. No, 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 no. Kevin, I think you forget what 2000... Are you talking about Call Me Maybe? Yeah, I think you forget what 2013 uh, or 2012 was like. Call Me Maybe was the biggest song by far. People were writing reports... On why this was the perfect pop song because of the tempo, the key, the chord changes, the voice, the whole vibe. People were writing articles about that that year because people couldn't understand why this was such a big hit. So, we're just going to listen to it for a second. Uh, it's frustrating for me to hear. Just listen to it. My way. It sounds like. <laughs> so come in, maybe you hear like those quick, like orchestral stings. <laughs> yeah. It's important. <laughs> It's really something to think about. The <laughs> point the point is you're not born with it. It might be Maybelline. But <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, well yeah, it might be. <laughs> but every fraternity starts with guys who are a bunch of dorks who are like they're interested in putting together a group of guys because they can't find friends of their own. Now, granted, that does check most out. of them sell like that. Does that. check out? Yeah, 
Most of them are TKO. Maybe ATO, probably other, Sigma other, Phi. Other people that are the exact, Sigma other people that are the exact same as you. Sigma Chi. Other people si- that hold are on, the hold on. exact Sigma same Sigma as Chi you. Sigma Chi is into it because they rape chicks, allegedly. Oh. That, what about SAE, sexual assault expected? That's Nevertheless, a lot of them like form one because it seems like they're way in. And granted, it kind of is. However... If you have a fraternity around for long enough, they will eventually start recruiting guys where they got lucky. Got a cool guy here. Got a cool guy there. And all of a sudden, they start bringing in the chicks, and all of a sudden, you've got a pretty decent fraternity. (laughs) I feel like you're not taking this seriously. I feel like you were in a fraternity because it was the only way for you to meet chicks. No. That's what every every time you talk about the fraternity, it all comes down to you bring in other cool guys and then they bring in chicks and then you got a good fraternity. Kevin, I was groomed for a fraternity from the time I was, I don't know, 10. My dad had thought it was a cool way on. to meet chicks. No, 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 no. Yeah. My da- no, 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 no. Hey, you shut your mouth. My dad had the Animal House soundtrack. And before you even get too far ahead, my dad had the Animal House soundtrack. And I said, I really like this song. And he goes, oh, that song was played during a party. And then the next song would come along and I go, hey, I really like this song. He goes, that song was playing during a party. To which I said, you tell me every song on this album was played during a party? And he goes, yeah. And I went, that's something I would like to be a part of. Chicks weren't mentioned. However, <laughs> chicks know where a good party is. And so just by being into having a good time, the chick showed up. I'm sorry. It's math. <laughs> it is. Dude, you can uh, laugh your way through this. Like you're way more mature than me. I, y- yes. Yes. Obviously. Thank you. Kevin, I know who your roommates are in that house. Yeah. A bunch we of got Ian. A bunch of our we best got friends. Devin. I know. Yeah. That's, I'm not disagreeing with that. But when you think about the guys who are also in my house, who are guys that you still enjoy? Patty? Great. Aaron. Aaron? Great. Russ. Russ? Great. Ted? Ted? There. <laughs> Technically a member, but... Ted came along. Uh, Jason Risk? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a fun poll, though. Nick Martinez? Solid dudes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Solid dudes. I think that those, guys who married chicks from McMinnville. Those four. That's guys, no joke. Those four guys are probably the only four that I still talk to. The point is, they were all brought together. They signed up for they don't know what, but they signed up to know we're going to be a brotherhood and we're going to hang out and like this is going to be our college thing. And what happened was, we hazed them. They came together as a group. <laughs> they came together. Well, we didn't haze them. It's a non-secret fraternity. <laughs> but they came together as a group, learned how to work together, and all of a sudden they were a solid unit. Like, you could go to college anywhere. Like, you could just phone it in, go to college with a bunch of your friends they like were Kevin. All dorks. But they were all dorks. <laughs> After you guys. After Patty. I'll give them after Patty. After Patty, after Patty they, they were, were all, all dorks. dorks. It went us. Roth. Well, hold on. There was there was two adverts. Oh, Roth. I was it went so us. Nice. It went I our so, class. I would add Roth. It went like Roth, Roth's class, and then went Patty's class. After that, they dropped off so bad the whole place got canceled. Now, granted, they're making their way back, 
And as they're making their way back, yeah, it is a bunch of dorks. However, that's how it starts. It's, <laughs> it, no, hear me out. It starts with so it comes it, full it, circle. It starts with it starts with dudes willing to organize something. Well, is this fair? Is this fair? Is this fair? It starts with dorks. Yes. It peaks with cool guys. Yep. Bunch of bad stuff happens. I was there that year. <laughs> they close it down. <laughs> then dorks take over and it dies. Yeah. And then it starts up again with a bunch of dorks. Then a bunch of cool guys come in. Yeah. A bunch of bad stuff happens. They close it down. Dorks take over. It dies. Okay. <laughs> yes. For the record, that is the general timeline. I would like to, like, respond to that a little bit by saying it's not always just bad stuff that happens. Sometimes it's just a fraternity starts focusing a little too much on academics. <laughs> I think that, that is basically the death why blow did you guys, for anybody cool. Why did you guys have to start focusing on academics? Uh, because we didn't have to. Yeah, they made we you had, guys a dry. No, no, we had a decent fraternity with a decent academic record. We were above 3.0. We had a decent <laughs> academic record. However, we started making the wrong people. I'm not going to mention their names. We started making the wrong people our presidents. They started saying we need to focus on academics and we don't want to do any drinking in this house because all of a sudden I'm liable. And it's like, what? <laughs> I get it. If I was liable, I also wouldn't want to be a part of it. That's also why I didn't run for president. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here, let's get down to the real nitty gritty. Let's get out of the brass tacks here. I mean, that's what's important is the things that make fraternities worth being a part of is the fact that it's a solid group of dudes who you all consider your brothers. That is first and foremost. Chicks <laughs> are secondary. The first thing is that, like, do you walk into a house, you find a bunch of dudes that all like drinking beer and showering together that you can, like, put your arms around, mostly in the shower, like, hang out. <laughs> like, that's what's the most important. Number two is how much do they bring in chicks. And that's why you purposefully <laughs> and intelligently elect the correct social chair plus his couple, like, cronies. Like, that's important. <laughs> you can, like, you can elect a president whatever as long as it, like we had we had Trevor as our president for a while did not get any chicks <laughs> honestly would be ashamed if you said that he did Trevor was honestly a good dude like I would you grab me a beer yeah I'll keep talking the thing <laughs> Trevor was a legitimately good dude I actually really like Trevor I, I like T West I liked a bunch of dudes who were president However, they were not in any way the guys who should be running the thing as a unit. Like, they were good dudes who kept the train on the tracks. However, if their job was to recruit sororities to come hang out, those are not your guys. We're you get charismatic a, we're, leaders. Yeah, we're going to get a bunch of Kyos. We're going to get a bunch of fucking uh, Tri-Delta everybody else has. Like, you don't want that. The point is, you want good social chairs, you want good presidents, you want your presidents to be absolutely different from the social chairs, but you want your presidents to give full reign to the social chair. It's the same thing as college football and or, and universities in general. There is one thing that runs colleges and what makes them successful. Now, granted, the academics are important, but if you want like a college that people talk about, the one thing that will make that whole thing work is their sports program, primarily football. Yep. The same thing goes for fraternities. 
It doesn't matter. Now, granted, all fraternities, of course, care about academics. However, what's the most important? Intramurals. Is intramurals. And how many, what kind of parties do they throw? (laughs) And if they throw good parties, you're going to get more girls going over there. (laughs) You're going to get more guys going over there. And all of a sudden, reputation starts to build. And that's what's important. You got to dominate the IM field. Your competency is not half as important as people's sort of understanding of your competency. Like, if you seem competent, but you're not, that is better than being competent, but not being seen as such. And that doesn't just go for for fraternities. That goes for life. Like, in general, when you're talking in the boardroom, (laughs) or the boudoir, what's important is the fact that people assume that you know what you're doing. Confidence is key. Yeah. Coffee is for closers. And that's what it comes down to. Like, a fraternity without a good social chair is not a fraternity. Fraternity without a social chair is a bunch of virgins. Look, the important part I like, is, yeah. I think this honestly goes for most things in life. If <laughs> This is going to sound not great. If you can get chicks to show up to your party, <laughs> you're throwing a good party. That I think that actually, that is valid. If, you, if you take that and extrapolate it in more than just a official, than more just for, yeah, but like more official terms, but seriously, if you're throwing a party and you can get chicks to show up to your party, you're throwing a good party. Yeah. If you throw a party and no chicks show up, you're throwing like a get together. And yeah. And like honestly, like politics technically run this country, even though they shouldn't. And based on Lauren Bo- Lauren Bobert, who we talked about earlier, showed there's no decorum. If you can get her to show up to your party, though, people gonna be a little. Lauren's gonna be there. You've got a functioning democracy. (laughs) There's way too many people saying that our democracy is dying. You believe it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know where that's coming from. I I honestly think that the whole thing has been broken since the beginning. No, it was perfect in the beginning. And this just continues the shit show. It was perfect in the beginning, dude. Man, I'll figure it out. Whether a Democrat or Republican is elected, I will tell you this. We will have better gas prices under one. However, (laughs) overall, it's all pretty much the same shit. Yep. If I could pay less for gas, that'd be great. But they're all in bed with the same whore. Yeah, I think there's like eight people out of the country. Bill Gates. What do you think about uh, rich people that are, like, freezing themselves to hopefully come back in the future? You know, honestly, I'm glad you asked me this question. Been meaning to expand on this for a while. You're talking about Walt Disney mostly? Well, do we know that he's actually frozen? I don't. I, I mean, have, I, I don't know. As far as court documents go, it seems like he is. <laughs> but people but are doing that, and it's like... Do we how? know that that works? Like, it seems like it would work, but I don't know. Does that work? Works better. If you flash freeze them, <laughs> works better than putting you in the ground. Well, here's the thing: if it, if you flash freeze a person, <laughs> like their blood's gonna immediately stop moving. They're not gonna use up what they've got left. Like it makes sense that if you thaw them out properly, it would be able to like just like bounce back. Like a goldfish. Yeah, 
You can freeze a goal so, thought out. I th- I think it is certainly possible. I I don't know. I But I, like at, at what point in the future where we can figure out how to fix that is it like you've gone way too like far? When, well but also when do like you, if it's like two hundred years in the future, are you even like stoked to be around? Well, I think that you've already run into a certain problem, which is when do you actually not pull the plug, but when you pull the plug on making them come back to life. Yeah. It's like I think we're I, here's the thing about the human species that I think might be interesting is I assume that like we always assume that we're both at the end of our run and we're at the peak of where we could be. And so like in terms of like bringing a dead person back to life, unless they actually wrote in their will, bring me back to life on December 10th, 2029 or whatever. Like I assume that we always assume we're like at the like the end of our species. And we're also at the pinnacle of, like, we've never gotten this far. Yeah. So, like, I don't know who would make that call. And so I would assume he's just going to keep freezing until the end. Does your conscience leave you? Like, or are you, like, in a comatose state? No, you're, like, in a comatose. Well, I don't think you're in a comatose state. Because allegedly in a comatose state, like, people can hear you. Or you can hear people. Maybe you're stuck in that. Yeah, but, like, you don't remember before you died, right? Or before you lived? No. Exactly. I would assume it's the same. I think it's the same as when you fall asleep and all of a sudden you wake up on the couch. Not that I've ever done this this week. So when they bring you back to life, you think you still have your soul? I, yo, that's an interesting question because, like, yeah, obviously that wouldn't freeze the soul. I think you do. Like, my assumption would be that you still have the spark that makes you you, which I would consider the soul. Really? Do you think that you would, if you, if somebody froze you for 500 years all of a sudden they brought you back to life, you think none of you would be there? You think you'd be was just I, an empty vessel of nothing? I don't think so. I think the soul was would I, be preserved. Was I dead when they froze me? Did they let me die no. of natural causes no. and then freeze my body? If you die, I think that's a different story. I think if you purposefully freeze yourself before your consciousness has left your body, I don't see why that would leave. Because, then like... Where does your consciousness go? It just has to stay there. Yeah. That sounds miserable. But maybe that's what happens to people when they die, too. Yeah, but that seems like a horrible gamble. Oh, it is. It's the greatest gamble. Put that on a parlay, let me tell you. It'll pay off. <laughs> but I don't know. That's that's interesting because, like, the soul is sort of a non-human entity. Like people that, always that say, is the source of who you are. Like people say when they see a dead body, they're like, oh, I realized that that wasn't my grandma laying there. That was just her body. Yes. Yeah. So when they bring you back to life, would you just be like, well, let me ask Bye, you this. I'm Kevin. When you fall asleep, do you not still wake up Kevin? Well, yeah, but. I don't know if there's a difference between falling asleep versus being frozen where you fall asleep for 700 years. I feel like you would still pop out and be Kevin because you didn't die. What you had didn't leave you. I don't know how they freeze it there. It probably goes somewhere. But like, when you go to I mean, sleep, when you, come, when you go to sleep and you wake up, you may feel different in the morning than you did at night, depending on the drinks that you had the night before. But like, you're the same person. And, when I you mean, wake you're gonna up. still have all your memory memories. You're yeah. still gonna have all your. So as far as you're concerned, it's like falling asleep on a trip where you go, we're already there. I feel like the same would happen if you were frozen for 500 years. Your consciousness is still just out in the ether yeah. or, you know, within you or whatever. Yeah. 
but like it has no conception of time passing because when you wake up on a long trip, you have no conception of time passing. Yeah. You just go, hey, that was we're nice. here. That was I was nice. unconscious for a while. I wish yeah. I could stay that way. <laughs> but like you have no conception of being asleep. Yeah. You just know that you're there now. And I feel like the same would happen if you were frozen under the proper channels. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but like, Of course. God, I, I don't know. I think you would wake up you in 500 years. Have you seen Encino Man? <laughs> Brandon Fraser, Polly Shore? No. And for the record, I haven't either. But. Is that what that's about? It's about a caveman. And all of a sudden coming to life in fucking 1984 uh, fucking Pasadena. Well, that's that's also what it would be like. Harry and the Hendersons. Well, if you if they woke you up 500 years later, you would be like a fucking Neanderthal. Well, exactly. But like, that is that not still you? Or what I if, think it is. What if they freeze you and we restart and it takes like, 40,000 years to get us to the point where we can unfreeze you and somebody finds you and they're like, nobody ever asked if they should. They only asked if they could. Yeah. And then that one guy comes back and just wipes out everything on the planet. Kim Jong, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree. But that's my point. Is like, if you wake that guy up for 500 years of slumber because he was frozen when he was slumbered, it's still going to be the same guy. He's not going to just pop in with like a whole new... That's the other thing. It's like, if you did freeze you and you lost your consciousness, once they bring you back to life, do you just pop open with a whole new consciousness? Like, what if you go... I think just, you, hold on. I think... I'm going to use it in your, in your parlance. You go to sleep as a comedian. You just wake up as a financial banker? No, I think you wake up with nothing. I think you wake up with nothing. As an empty vessel? Basically. But nobody's an empty vessel. But I think nature and nurture are a really important concepts but, to talk about. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think it's 50-50 at best. I think it might be more like 70-30. I think it might be 70 nature, 30% nurture. But I but whenever people who have done DMT talk about like their soul going to a like I believe your soul goes somewhere. How does your soul your how does your soul go? So let's say your soul moves on for 500 years and now you wake up. What if it doesn't? Do you have two souls? So you're just. What if it's still connected with your body because you didn't die? And it's just there for 500 years? I don't know. And also, I'm I'm interested in what DMT people have to say. But I don't know if they're the authority. I don't either, but I don't know. I don't know who else to fucking. Well, I don't either. <laughs> Some people that have had like. Near-death experiences. Claim to go to heaven. Yeah. Like, Some claim to go to hell. Yeah. I don't trust them any more than I trust anybody. I know. That's the problem. I think, okay, but I, I think. I want to be frozen, I think. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the beautiful thing. I don't know. It's, there's, there's something about that the fact. It is the beautiful thing. It's something but. about the fact that we're on this giant, just spinning thing that we can all speculate on how we got here. No one actually knows. But the reality is we are here, and we're aware that we're here. And eventually, and we can all not. speculate <laughs> on where it all came from, but we feel pain. We somehow feel better as a group. Uh, having interpersonal relationships with people makes you live longer than somebody who lives a solipsistic lifestyle. Like, <laughs> uh, for real, though. 
Like, uh. think about this. There is a very real reality that it's not just a real reality. It's a thing that is set in stone that if you live by yourself, solipsistically, <laughs> if you have no close friends, those people are statistically going to die 15 to 20 years earlier than they would have had they had long-term relationships with friends. And the fact that that is a factor is A, freaky, but B, reason for me to not know exactly what I believe in, but for me to believe in something. Because I go, there's no reason evolution would make your interpersonal relationships with people be the reason that keeps you alive way longer than if you had nobody and you just lived in a room by yourself that that wouldn't kill you 20, 25 years earlier. That's super weird. Is it not weird? No, that makes perfect sense. Because if you have beggar... It makes perfect sense because we know we know about people. But in the terms of a vacuum of space... Listen, if you have more friends and a better connection, you have more people. Therefore, you can fight off more attackers and you can hunt and gather more food. So better connection means bigger community, means longer life, means happier. No, it has way more... No, no, no. No, it has way more to do with fighting off attackers because it still applies today. People... The, the ability to offload whatever's in you to somebody else and be able to talk that out and reach a conclusion. Everybody knows that, like, stress will kill you, will, like, take an, however many years off your life. Being able to work that out with somebody else, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a friend, whatever. Being able to work that out with somebody will, like, incrementally, legitimately take years or add years to your life. That has nothing to do with attackers. It's the fact that we have an interpersonal relationship with people that also exist in our reality. It's it. There's something about the fact that when we're alone, we can make it this far. But for whatever reason, you can put up whatever name you want on it, our ability to interact with people, unload our own sort of sludge that we carry within us and share it with somebody else and have them potentially even say something that alleviates 95% of it. The fact that we can interpersonally relate like that means that it's, it's more than just sort of ones and zeros. There's, there's a relationship that is built that actually improves people's lives and makes them live longer. And there's something about that, that pretty wild. Don't you think that's wild? That like we're like I, I, it's way social, it's way more than just being able to fend off we're attackers. Like a social, that we're like a, a social creature. creature. Like there's it's it's more than just fending off attackers. Well, like, yeah. It's more like I can talk to this person. Tell me you've never had a conversation. We've had a conversation, but you have a conversation with like somebody that you trust that you care about, and you offload all the things that's been weighing on you for the last ten years, and you guys can get into it. You can throw all your concerns at them. They don't necessarily give you any solutions, but they hear you. And you tell me that doesn't make you feel better. There's something there. I don't know what it is. There's something there to being able to talk to somebody. You, It's the same thing with writing stuff out on a piece of paper about like the shit you're going through. It's why they say you should journal. It's the fact that you can offload something to somebody else, even if it's just the ether. But somehow figuring out a way to get it out of you and putting it on something else 
legitimately takes a weight off your shoulders. I, I don't even know how to explain where that comes from. I'm not saying it comes from Jesus. I am saying there's something going on that we don't know. And to just say that like it can all be explained by fucking ones and zeros and numbers. We don't even... You can say that everything came from the Big Bang. But what if ever, but where did the Big Bang come from? Where did all the where did the universe come from that pulled that all together to even make that Big Bang happen? Where did all of that come from? We have no idea. You can call it a multiverse, you can call it whatever you want. We still don't actually have an answer, number one. But number two, let's say that all happened. Let's say that's all true. Why does it still end with a with people that somehow connect with each other? And the fact that they can connect with each other is what makes life bearable. <laughs> what do you got for me? <laughs> thoughts? I, I, Other than that, I have no thoughts. Um, I don't know. I just... I feel like we're social creatures, but I also feel like... I also feel like it would make sense to evolve to have those emotions... Because you would wa- you would always want like monkeys are so I don't think they offload their troubles on other people. Well, who's to say they didn't evolve too though? They did everything. I think you evolved to have a community because it allows you to thrive. I think most animals in nature are social animals because it allows you to thrive, unless you're like an apex predator. But even orcas, like most apex predators, even travel in at least packs. Or, pain. I mean, I think I think that's true. Ugh. I know that's true. Like that's and yeah. That's, I don't think it's, it's a nature fact. I, I think we evolved to have that because it makes us feel safer. I don't think, I, like I think that is a hundred percent evolution. I think that's possible. I no, I do. I I think that's because very possible. It, I like I don't think cavemen. I don't think hunter gatherers were offloading their troubles. I think they were working together as a community to try to survive. But here's and the thing. And now we have troubles that we need to offload, but I think that that is... But are we not also still working together on things to survive? Yeah, but that, that's the community. I think that's... But that's what, what I'm saying, is I think we're dealing with the same problems that our ancestors were, which is, it's just a bigger version of it. We're still working off things that, like, we need to survive... And we need to work in a community. But why does, even times when we're not working together, like I went to this fucking Wonder Spaces thing uh, in Scottsdale where everybody laid on the floor on these like cushions and just this big light show came up over us. Why does that also make us feel together? Like I think, I think that there are practical reasons for people to be together but i think the romantic reasons and the sort of non uh purposeful reasons to survive i think that there's more than that why does romance exist why does art matter i think it's because we are meant to share that with other people and so i think that there is something i don't know (coughs) This, well, the, is, all, the this thing, is all spitballing, but thing, I think that I think that there is something more cosmic than just A, B, we do this to get this. 
I think that there is something larger and something more cosmic that comes into play that makes human beings special because there are well, lots of yeah. examples of animals cooperating together. However, they don't do. That's what I was going to say is I do find the most fascinating thing I find about that is that we're basically the only ones that do that. Yeah. No one else does that. No one else. We will also altruistically do things for somebody else that has no benefit to us. Yeah. And why is that? And I think it's because there is a connection between human beings that goes beyond sort of rationality where we go. That is me in another life or you don't even think that it's subconscious. But you just go, I'm a human, they're a human. This is why I connect to them. And and it goes towards love. It goes towards athletics, where we cheer for our team. Now, granted, that's a little bit more but it stops, tribal. But it stops that homelessness. Well, yeah, if we can, if we can like, help it, yeah. Yeah, like... Well, I mean, there are some problems that are... It requires more of people to fix it than maybe they're willing to give. I think we could fix homelessness if everybody's willing to give up anything that they've ever actually worked for. But I think there's also a part of humans that go, we've worked for this. We also deserve this. Those who didn't work for it didn't deserve it. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. I am saying that, like, if you ask any, any person on the street, they'd go, I wish that every homeless person... Had what they needed. I, I wish they, they lived in the house. I think if you ask any person objectively, they do believe that. And I think they mean it. But then you bring in human nature, which is the giant rub to all of the things. Which is, A, when it comes people, down- people would be content if they were just competing to get better. People become not content because they're competing not just to get better, to be better than the guy next to them. And that is the problem with human nature. And it's also the thing that we have different from all of the animals. It's not that we just want to survive and live good lives. It's that we want to be better than our neighbor. And that goes for all of us. Yeah, but I think that... I'm. Yeah, that happens in nature in... Not like... uh, I want to be better than my neighbor, but just in, like, a territorial kind of way. But I get what you mean, but doesn't that kind of not negate the community aspect, but when it all comes down to it at the end of the day, humans are mostly, like, about themselves. I think they are. I do think they are. I think we all are. Like, we're all looking out for number one. However, I think what built civilization as a whole is one of them realized that we can still look out for ourselves while also bringing in a henchman. Yeah, I think that's what the cavemen figured out when they formed communities. Is that I can make it on my own, but it's easier if I bring in people. Yeah. So I think we've just all... I think our social interactions were an evolutionary trait to be likable and to be cordial and to be cooperative to build a healthy community. I agree. I'm not saying that it's <coughs> solo from that, but I am saying I think it's more complex than that. And that's where I ask you a question like, then where does music fit in? And that's, yeah, like that doesn't make... Where does comedy fit Like in? whales might sing or like, what you know, whatever their language is. They have pods. But... They're not singing Freebird. They're not writing. Oh no! They're not writing Richmond North of Richmond. Like they're yeah. not. 
making art. And Richmond, Northern Richmond's not connecting with as many people as it does without something. So, so without... Like, a lot of things, you're right, can be solved by necessity and survival and things like that. And, yeah, granted, the reason that the Greeks were such good philosophers is because, like, as far as their means were concerned, all of it was taken care of, which allowed them to pontificate. And the same thing goes for us right now, is, like, we have everything, and so we're able to pontificate on everything, and that's why we're finding fault where things aren't. Is like, if you can think about something for any amount of time, you can find something wrong with it. Like, and like white women run this country. Except for Beaver football. At this point, well, white women run this country. And we know that they can fight fall with anything us dudes do. But <laughs> that's philosophical. I didn't write that. That was that was Seneca or Papa, Papa, Papa possibly Epictetus. Um... My point is, yeah, we can objectively find like A to B solutions for most of the things, but then where do you drop in the things that make no sense creatively? Creatively. Creative, creatively. <laughs> uh, music. Comedy. Uh, musicals for some reason. But like... Where do those come into play? Things that are... Yeah, why does architecture, when put together a certain way, evoke wonder? In other ways, you go, that's pretty corporate. Like, yeah. why, why, is that, why is that identifiable? Because if you base it purely on sort of usability and uh, efficiency and all that, just a square box, boxing, is... How you go, that's put together the best way, and that's put together the most efficient way, and for our survival, that's what matters most, is efficiency and speed. And yet, if you ask any human, if you like put a side-by-side uh, the Parthenon and your average McDonald's, not, not like your fancy McDonald's, your average <laughs> McDonald's, if you put those side-by-side, why would everybody say the Parthenon is by far better. Even though there's crumbling rocks, uh, some of those uh, columns have sort of fallen apart. Like, why would every person ask that question, say the Parthenon? Is because there was effort put into it? Is because there's objective beauty about it? It's revolutionary. And what is that? Why are people, if it's all efficiency, why wouldn't you just have a kid with any woman who came along? Well, they why do why do you specifically? Well, yeah, because fat chicks. We don't know fat chicks, <laughs> but like, they did, they why why would you pick beauty over anything else? Is because there is something inherent within us that recognizes what beauty is and puts that above something else. Why would we put that above something else if it was just about evolution and efficiency? There's no reason. There is no objective reason. Why beauty would be put above something below it for pure efficiency's sake, even if evolution chose for it. Evolution wouldn't choose for beauty. Beauty is objective. However, we have a general idea of what beauty is, and for some reason we all gravitate towards it. Men and women and trans alike. We all gravitate towards what beauty is. Beauty is nothing. Beauty is fucking ether. 
if we're looking for how do we just perpetuate the species and move on, then we would just have sex with whatever we want. Now, we're not fluff, so like we don't all do that. <laughs> but, like, in general, th- that doesn't make sense from an efficiency per- perspective. But the stronger genes move on because they are more desirable. Why are they more desirable? I don't know. Because they live longer. They live on. That is not the only reason. Beauty does not live on longer than ugly. It gets reproduced more. Yeah, but why? Because it's hot. Yeah, but why? 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 I don't know. Why is a female lion hot to a male tiger? Because you can have sex. I don't know, but are there not more desirable lionesses than other lionesses? There absolutely are. Yeah. Same with lions. That's why you have an alpha and then you have the rest of them. Yeah. Like Breedability. Why? It, dude, it is beyond that, though. Like, why does... There are a lot of girls who are objectively better partners, people, whatever, but they're not the best looking. It's yeah. why you always hear about, like, guys who are, like... Yeah, it, was, but, it was an old American dad joke where he was like, I should have I married that one, one uh, chick who we had all the deep conversations about, like, this and that, but I married Francine. Even though Francine's dumb. Yeah. Francine evolutionarily is not correct because she will not be the better source of food. She will not be able to help around this or that. Like, objectively, the more useful one. We don't have those concerns anymore. That used to be that used to be who that, got bred. You telling me that attractiveness was never a problem, even though it's the most inbred th- inbred. It's the most in our DNA that something could be is we go for the most attractive thing. Well, I don't think when we were cavemen we did. I think we spread our seed. I think... You really don't think that? I think that's always been a part of it. Well, I think the alpha got the hottest chick, and then everyone else got what they got. Yeah, the hottest chick. Yeah. But why is she hot? Because... Do you know guys? Young. Or are you just basing it on nothing? Young, fertile, and attractive. Like, what do you mean, why is she hot? Exactly. Young, fertile, and attractive. Yeah. So there's a there there's something we appreciate about beauty. But what was attractive back then might have been a big broad fat chick who you thought would make you big strong babies. That could have been what was beautiful back there, then. There's still yeah, I know this is bigger than that. There's still something What do you mean? There's I'm not saying beauty is an objective standard. I'm saying that we recognize beauty in what we recognize it in whatever spot we're in. But why do we recognize beauty even if they differ throughout the centuries? Why do we rec- this is bigger than that. Why do we recognize beauty? It has nothing to do with what they actually look like. Why is beauty a thing worth recognizing? Because it makes you f- it releases dopamine in your brain. What do you mean? Exactly, but why? Cuz it, it looks good. Well, I don't Exactly. That's my point. It's like that is a subjective th- I already said it. It's subjective. So it could be any body type. It could be any look. Why is that standard subjectively better than something that is not attractive? It's not. If we're talking about efficiency for making babies, if we're talking about efficiency for any reason why picking anybody is a thing, what is it about beauty that is objectively better? And I think it's cosmic. Well, yeah, it's an... Yeah, yeah. But why? You know? Because why 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 would you live in a world without beauty? Exactly. But what makes that valuable? We don't know. 
There's nothing that actually inherently makes it valuable that you can quantify, but we still find it beautiful. Yeah, like a sunset? Yeah. When the sky is purple and pink? Yeah. There's no reason that should be objective. That's what I'm saying. Is like That's why I don't know what's going on out there is because of questions like that. Like, a sunset's so like beautiful, AI, a woman's beautiful, but what So, is like, it? an AI robot is not going to look at a sunset and think that it's beautiful. Yeah, because that's just ones and zeros. They can go, yeah. oh, oranges and browns, and, like, if I could compare this to the humans, they would say it's beautiful. But, like, I have no reason to consider it beautiful. Yeah. So, my whole point is, that's why, A, that's why humans are separated from everything else. It's because as far as we can tell, I could be wrong. I'm not an anthropologist. Yeah. But as far as I know, they can't recognize what beauty is. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can do the evolutionary, oh, we're in tribes because that keeps us safer. And I think all that's true as well. But it's like, oh, we're in tribes and we think about this and like we help each other. And that's why it's important to have interpersonal communication. But that's why I think that we are legitimately better than better all the other species. Everything else. Because we can recognize beauty, which also means we can recognize not beauty, which means, which, can, mean which means, not beauty. which means we can recognize pain, which also means we can know how to inflict pain on somebody else. I'm stealing that from, I think, Jordan Peterson. But it's like what makes people cruel as opposed to animals who inflict horrible pain on other animals is the fact that humans know that it's cruel. And being able to apply that is what makes it actually evil. Whereas animals are just like they're trying to feed and trying to feed their family, as we all are. Yeah. However, the fact that we know how to hurt means we also know how to be hurt. Which means yeah. we in turn know how to hurt. So, other than that, no thoughts. I mean, yeah. Talk about it. I got to piss so bad. You're just going to leave me on talking about that? Oh, please. I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about that. Bring up the beeves then? I'm going to bring up the beeves. Okay. Uh, the beeves are looking pretty strong right now. 3-0 and with wins against San Jose State, UC Davis, and San Diego State in that order. Um, but now we got Washington State coming up, and that's going to be a tough game because it's in Pullman, and every other team in the Pac-12, there's going to be some animosity towards oh, because they're all leaving, but there's no animosity towards Washington State because they stuck it out with us. And I was saying this earlier, I'm glad this isn't a home game because as a fan of the Beavs rooting against Washington State, you're not... It's it's hard to be angry at them because we're such in solidarity right now. So when they score a touchdown, or like when they run, when they when they score a touchdown, you're not going to be happy, obviously because you're rooting for the other team. But when they storm the field, you're not going to boo them. Like if if they do score a touchdown and celebrate, you're not you can't be mad at them because they're they're they've been with us till the end. They came down with the ship with us. And so I'm glad it's not a home game because I don't feel like it's going to be a hostile environment. So that's like check one for the road games. Like checkmate. But Washington State has also beat us a lot of times in a row on the road. And that's... So that's my concern too. That's not good. Is 
we've got this like we, I don't know what the streak is. It's it's not much over a decade if it's over a decade. I think it's like a. But they've got seasons. a legitimate like. We just string a hold on the road games. We just beat them last year for the first time in a while at home. Like exactly. they've had even our, play on the Palouse. They've had our number. And that makes me nervous. But I feel Ant- like we Dude, got a, Anthony Gordon beat us that piece of shit. I feel like we got a solid team. And Washington State's good, but I just I feel like we do too, but here's I don't know. I I don't I don't even want to put this out in the universe, so maybe I shouldn't say it. Every time I think about it, I feel like our offense with our running game and our passing game can either score 35 points. 30 to 35 points, or we can score 24 to 28 points, but dominate the game on the ground and just eat the clock. I feel like, that's, can just, I feel like that is our main Like, sometimes we're only winning. Burning the burning clock. But. Sometimes we're winning at the end of the first quarter, oh. something to nothing, but we're driving at the end of the first quarter, and yeah. we've had the ball for 12 minutes just running it down your throat. And our defense... I agree. Our I just, defense I just, can hold. I think we still have know, the best defense in the Pac-12. I do too, but I still want to see more fire because Washington State won like their last three games. Now, granted, we still won our third game by seventeen or whatever it is. Washington State won all of their games, including against well, no, Wisconsin. They won by eleven, I think. Yeah, but like Maybe they not. still won their games by like a lot. And Oregon State won their first two by a lot, won their third by a decent amount. However, however, it's a small complaint as a fan after yeah. all we've been through. But at the same time, after all we've been through, it's not crazy to like have some concerns. No, yeah. Like I, we've been through a lot. Like it's understandable to have some concerns. I think San Diego State was a lot of things. I think I think I think they blitzed every play. Well, I think we were kind of looking ahead to Washington. I think our team was kind of tired of playing. I think you're right. Lower competition teams. I think you're and right. And I think they were kind of looking forward to Washington State, and they weren't going to show a lot of stuff. But I just the only thing that concerns me a little bit is DJ's accuracy with his passes. He throws a very catchable ball, but he doesn't always throw it where the receiver can run after the catch. Yeah. And sometimes he just misses those. He just throws it at their feet. Well, and if he throws it where they can sort of catch it and then run, is like it also is the exact spot where defenders have their hand on the ball. Yeah, but we got playmakers. And, like, sometimes he's throwing no, a wide open. No, Anthony Golden Silas Boulder faster than almost anybody. And sometimes he's throwing to wide open guys and just can't lead them. Yeah. But... Our run, I think our run game is going to be so I think good. our run game will always beat anybody else's run game. Me too. I think we can Especially always. Especially depth-wise. Yeah. I think we can always rely on our run game. Yeah. Depth, not only at running back, but also at line at offensive line. Like, yeah. we have depth everywhere. Yeah. Well, we've got Isaac Hodgins fucking running fullback half the time. But Washington State is a bugaboo. That's just that's, they get, they almost beat Oregon last year at home. I've already warned like blew. a number of people this week that I'm gonna be watching that game. So by the time I actually pull out the phone, people are gonna be like, "Well, he warned us." He said, "He said he was gonna do it." Yeah. So 
Dude, you're within your right as an American at that wedding. Especially at that wedding. At like that wedding. That's a lot of good Beaver fans. That's all good Beaver fans. I would like to hope that everybody's constantly going. Yeah, you're going to be the most popular guy at the wedding. Yeah. People want to know. Yeah. People want to know what's going on. This oh, It's going to be a special season. Woo! <laughs> no, I agree. I think... I've said it before. They said it on like the damn podcast. It's going to be a close game. I think the Beavers will squeak out a win. But I think it's going to be closer than any game, possibly the rest of the season. I Maybe not possibly the rest of the season. I don't... I think Washington will also be close. I don't We're going to be close, but we're going to win. I don't think it's going to be a... Cl- I think it's going to be a comfortable win that they might make close at the end. But I think I think we'll be up two scores the whole game. I just think that they are are like they're the only other ones who are also playing revenge games. And as much as they are in our corner, I think they also go. Fuck them this week. Fuck them. We need a win. Yeah, we need a W. And like that's gonna show our brand, and we want the Beavers to come along with us. But if we have to move on, and they can't. It's just the way it goes. I know that like everybody wants to rebuild the Pac-12, but I think if either the Beast or the Cougs all of a sudden had an out to the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, they're going. I wouldn't blame either one of them for being like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like, I wouldn't. I would. You can't at this point. If the Cougs got that, no part of me would be pissed at them. No, I'd go. You know what? Somebody had to get out of the crab pot. Like yeah, I get it. That sucks. And so I think, yeah, I think the same attitude goes for these games is, especially this game, it's like we're both fucked. We got nothing to lose. Do you think that, do you think that that takes any of the chip off the shoulder for either of the teams? Or do you think at the end of the day, they don't really look at it that way at all? I think it takes some of the chip. I think it takes more out of the fans than it does the players, though. I do, too. I, th- I, I think I they feel still like want to win. Yeah, but if, if Washington State was at Corvallis, I would find it hard to hate them. I would find it hard to boo. Yeah. There's just... I, would, I don't know. I would, I would find it hard to talk shit to their fans. I would agree. There's just something in my gut that is nervous about this game. Me, too. And that comes with being a Beaver fan in, like, every yeah. game. Yeah. But this one in particular... Like, we're... Three point favorites on the road. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. But they're still a ranked team. I know. And we haven't played that. They played they played uh fucking Wisconsin. I think best, I think best case scenario is both teams play really well. Obviously we barely win. And so it looks like a quality win for us and a good loss for them because they played well against us. Yeah. And obviously we come out on top, but Yeah. I don't know. I'm just still nervous for it. <laughs> and I'm going to be watching it on my phone, so. I think it's, like, at 4 p.m. Yeah. The The wait on Saturday until Beaver kickoff is so tough. It is tough. But this is the last week before I'm here most of the games. So. Let's go. If we can win this week. Oh. Yeah. When we win this week, I'll be back for Utah. I'm back for the rest of them. Utah on a Friday. Yeah. So, 
There it is. That's the boys. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in a bit. We'll do some. Oh, I played Call Me Maybe last. We'll we'll uh, do some research on why beauty is beauty. Get back to you. Beauty is fish. This song's only gonna go over well with me. But... With you? Yeah, you it's a really good song. Yeah, you know, this kind of had to kind of show us that. I think that was a strong return from a button. Like, you got me fired up about both of fraternity. <laughs> strong fraternity talk. Strong fraternity talk. I don't know if the origin of man. Which is important. Driven little song. <laughs> 